Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. Uh, And before we bring in our great co-host, Sam Gordon, just want to let you know that Vegas Nation First and Ten is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and is presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Without further ado, welcome in Sam Gordon, my teammate here uh, with Vegas Nation. How you doing, my friend? Vinny, doing well. Before we get to it, I want to congratulate you on your APSC award. Breaking news, breaking the Super Bowl story coming to Las Vegas in 2024. Well-deserved, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I truly appreciate that. Uh, and it's great to see that uh, the Review Journal, the digital side, uh, also um, earned a top 10 uh, honor. So uh, well-deserved for everybody. And you know that uh, this is all teamwork. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, one and for all and for all for one, uh, however that I think it's the three musketeers or something. Somebody said that, but, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying. So uh, it's definitely um, teamwork uh, between all of us and our editors, Bill Bradley, Bill uh, Eichenberger. Um, so everything is is good on that. And I really appreciate that. Uh, but um, it's definitely time to talk about uh, the Raiders and. You know, uh, it's so interesting, Sam, because almost from the minute the Super Bowl finishes up, um, we're already starting to look ahead to to 2022. Uh, Obviously, the Raiders got an early start on that, um, you know, after getting uh, ousted from the playoffs in the first round. So they've been busy, no doubt, uh, putting their coaching staff together in their front office, and that's an ongoing process. Um, Found out last night that Kennedy uh, Palomalu is going to be the new running backs coach. Uh, I think that's a really shrewd and good hire. Everywhere Kennedy has gone, um, good things have happened, whether you're talking about USC, UCLA, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, most recently the Minnesota Vikings. We know what they've done in their run game. Uh, so I think he, he's he got offensive coordinator experience in college, obviously a longtime running back coach in the NFL. Uh, so I think that was a, a good addition to the offensive staff. And things seem to be coming together right now with the staff, uh, Sam. Yeah, and we knew it was going to take a little bit of time. Vinny just kind of where everything was, guys being with other teams, just kind of everything in flux as the postseason um, concluded. But like you said, now we are we are very much squarely turned towards 2022. You talk about Kennedy Palomalu. He's done it for a long time. And like you said, most recently with the Vikings, uh, one of the best running games in the league where, where Dalvin Cook develops into not only one of the best all-around running backs, but you have a, his backup in Alexander Madison, a very capable runner as well. And I think uh, that's definitely an area of any when you talk about going into 2022, um, whether that's you know improvement on the offensive line. And we certainly know that that's going to be a priority and expect that in some way, shape or form. But that running game as a whole really never quite came together uh, in 2021 and had its moments uh, specifically towards the end of the season, but th- throughout most of the year uh, wasn't too much of a factor. So I think that, that you're definitely expecting 
um, some changes with that, and, and the Raiders are certainly optimistic that that can be a bigger part of their offense going forward into 2022 with Josh McDaniels and his staff. Yeah, um, and before we get to the free agency and, and the draft, uh, I think it's important um, to, to kind of stay focused on, you know, with Kennedy being the running backs coach, uh, Carmen Brasillo is the new offensive line coach, Mick Lombardi is the new um, offensive coordinator, obviously Josh McDaniels is the new head coach, and he's got uh, offense, um, that's, that's his forte. And I really do think that it's imperative, um, uh, Sam, that the Raiders get the running game figured out. Uh, you can't go into another season with it being sort of as wishy-washy as it was last year and really unreliable, um, you know, for the for the most part of last season. There were some spurts, no doubt, uh, but between, you know, the revamped offensive line, injuries, and just whether it was schematically, um, decision-making, play-calling, uh, whatever the case was, the running game just never got unhooked. And it's a critical component of any offense, obviously. I'm not saying you have to run the ball 50 times, but you have to be able to develop uh, a consistent run game to help the pass game. It's just it works hand in hand uh, usually. And and it's where do you begin when you start focusing in on getting that run game uh, fixed up? Yeah, well, first, a little bit of context, right, Vinny? 2021, the Raiders are 28th in the NFL in rushing offense out of 32 teams. They average 95.1 yards per game and 3.9 yards per carry. That's not good enough. We understand no. that. I think where it starts, I think it starts up front. You're going to have to see some growth and some improvement with this with with this young offensive line. And, and now some of these young players have a year of experience or two years of experience, and there are going to be expectations that I would expect – that there may be some personnel changes, some veterans brought in to compete, and maybe we'll see where they go in the draft. But I don't think it's going to be the exact same unit. So I think it starts there. But but also it's a crucial – I think it's a crucial year um, for Josh Jacobs too, Vinny. I, he had – again, he had his moments at the end of the season. And I do think the offensive line, the issues up front, played a role in, in his, you know, quote, you know, lack of production, relatively speaking. But you take a look at the year he had, 872 yards. Uh, that's a career low. 58.1 yards per game. That is a career low. So they they're just they 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 veered away from 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 him as a whole. And I think he hasn't been quite as healthy um, as he was in his rookie year when he out when he ran for 1,150 yards on 4.8 yards per carry. So getting him back to 100, percent uh, getting that offensive line shored up, uh, I think is is the focal point. But figuring out how you want to deploy Josh Jacobs and developing a more consistent approach with how he's used, because I think it was very inconsistent the commitment to the running game throughout the course of 2021 season, and I think that might might play a role in why it never was able to, to find its flow. I agree, and you know I th- I know that last year going into last year, obviously they signed Kenyon Drake. Uh, there was a reason for that. Uh, they wanted. Josh Jacobs to be available and healthy and good to go at the end of the season. He wasn't his first two years. Ironically enough, he was coming down the stretch uh, last season in 2021. And he was actually playing some pretty darn good football toward the end of the season mm-hmm. when they needed him most. And, you know, that's a sign that that plan, at least from a health perspective and a physical perspective, was working. But he needs to be more efficient in the time that he is used. I get and I understand the logic uh, behind, hey, you know, sharing the load, a little bit of load management, if you want to call it that, uh, early in the season and throughout the season with a cohort uh, like Kenyon Drake um, and and so that you get both guys to the end of the season, hopefully, uh, as healthy as possible rather, rather than wearing one or the other down. I get that. I understand that. But, but for that plan to 
not only work on the uh, back end toward the end of the season, but really throughout the season, they both have to be playing at optimal levels um, of efficiency. So when you start talking about his career low this and his career low that, the, the, the career low yards, not necessarily too worried about that necessarily. It's the average per carry that um, is, is concerning. And they've got to get that fixed. And like you said, um, part of that starts with the offensive line. I think a big part of it starts with the offensive line. Yeah. I think a big part of it starts with schematically what they're going to do uh, in in the run game and how they're going to you know uh, shape that up. Uh, and when we talk about the offensive line, I think it kind of all starts really with what the plan is for Alex Leatherwood. And I, um, you know, it starts with that. It can't end with that, obviously. Uh, but where they decide to utilize him. Um, will go a long way in determining, obviously, what direction they take in terms of free agency and the draft. Do you draft a right tackle or do you, you know, roll into the season again with Alex Leatherwood as your quote unquote, that's what you want him to be is your right tackle? Or does he stay at right guard? And if that's the case, then do you draft a right guard or right tackle or, you know, pick one up in free agency? What about John Simpson? Are you happy with John Simpson at left guard uh, and so on and so forth? But I'm fascinated and, you know, next week, uh, going to be in Indianapolis for the scouting combine uh, and get a chance to talk to Josh McDaniels and and hopefully Dave Ziegler, the, the general manager. But I want to know, okay, do you guys already have a plan in place uh, or an idea, you know, that you're, that you're uh, cooking up on, on how to utilize uh, um, Alex Leatherwood? Because I think once you get that established, you can start figuring out in and around him. Yeah. And that's a, it's a crucial off season for him from an individual standpoint in terms of his development, right? We understand he was underwhelming in his rookie season. Of course, a lot of expectations and, and it, it wasn't the easiest year for him to navigate by any means, but the bottom line is in order for this offensive line to take a step forward, he's going to have to, um, to p- take strides towards becoming the player that the previous regime thought he was capable of becoming when they drafted him in the first round of Alabama out of Alabama. But um, I do think there is going to be a recommitment here, Vinny, to, to restructuring this whole thing. You take a look at New England, where, of course, Josh McDaniels was last year. They were eighth in the NFL in rushing, 126.5 yards per game, on a hearty, healthy average of 4.4 yards per carry. Of course, personnel a little different. They had multiple running backs that they went to, and it was, of course, a very um, effective approach. But but I would imagine that they're going to want to emulate some of that. And like you said, it starts, it starts with figuring out how you want to develop some of these young offensive linemen where Leatherwood can play, and then how you want to build out the rest of that unit um, moving forward. I think you know what you have in your left tackle, Colton Miller. That's a great place to start, knowing you have one of the better left tackles um, in the NFL. But for, but beyond that, it feels like the rest of the the offensive line, um, relatively speaking, they, they they have to they have to show up. They have to play better, and you're gonna. Ha- I think you're gonna see some 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 fluidity and some flexibility and some changes there. And like you said, it could start next week um, at the combine with doing some evaluating. Yeah, and you know, I don't think that. All hope should be lost for Alex Leatherwood. I think that history has shown that um, offensive linemen get better uh, in year two or can. It's it's definitely uh, within reason that you could take a big step forward uh, in year two. And obviously, that's going to be the hope for Alex Leatherwood. And if he can get closer to the player that the Raiders thought they were getting uh, when they drafted him in the first round in 2021, um, that that sol- helps solve uh, or, or, you know, I, I shouldn't even say solve, but helps um, – 
fix uh, an area that was a major concern last year. So uh, again, uh, next week, you know, we'll be at the scouting combine and uh, be able to kind of get some answers or at least an idea of what they're um, of what they're you know uh, thinking along the lines of, of Alex Leatherwood because again that would really dictate what they're going to do at right tackle, right guard, left guard, yep. uh, and so on and so forth. So um, some big decisions coming uh, along the offensive line. I I think. You know, um, the combination of Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs and whoever that third uh, uh, running back turns out to be, obviously Jalen Rashard is a free agent. The Raiders have a decision to make uh, on his future. But I think that I think the combination of Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs is is good enough. If you get a solid offensive line working in front of them and then a good scheme to complement each player's uh, particular skill set. Yeah, I mean Kenyon Drake. We, we because because of the injury and because of just the the like you mentioned the offensive line, like we've been talking about, he wasn't. They did get much out of him last year. Two hundred fifty four yards, two touchdowns. But let's not forget. He was a 955-yard back in 2020 with 10 touchdowns, had 817 yards in 2019. So the expectation is, or the thought is, that he could share some of that workload and be a viable secondary running option that can carry the load for you in some games depending on some situations. So if you have two healthy backs, you you, you shore up that offensive line, then there's no reason um, this running game can't, of course, get back to a, at least a league average level and a little better than that becomes something that Josh McDaniels can rely on in his first in his first season at the helm. And I think there again, there is going to be priority to making sure that's the case. But from a personnel standpoint in the backfield, I'm with you. I think Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, if healthy, they offer enough with their skill sets to give you the kind of the production that you need um, out of the backfield. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. All right, so getting the offensive line fixed, priority, you know, number one, if you want to call it number one. Uh, I think the running backs are okay. Uh, I'm on board with the quarterback. Uh, I think the Raiders are set at tight end. Obviously, slot wide receiver, they have one of the best in the business. Wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I think that that becomes, along with the offensive line, uh, also a uh, a huge area that they need to, um, you know, figure out, whether that's through free agency or the draft, again, um, you know, finding some explosiveness, just let's be honest, replacing Henry Ruggs and, I, and, and not just replacing Henry Ruggs, but I think improving on even what Henry was doing. Um, Henry was a good football player. He was making an impact. He was growing. He was, you know, becoming kind of the player that the Raiders uh, wanted to. But I'd like to see um, a wide receiver if, if I'm a Raider fan or, you know, the Raiders themselves. I'd like to see a wide receiver who brings more to the table than just straight line speed. Uh, I want, you know, um, a football player, right? And I, for, for for whatever reason, like Hunter Renfro to me is a football player. And sure. obviously he doesn't have the, 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 the top end speed. But you look at these wide receivers like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and, and some of these young wide receivers that have come in um, and, and Cooper Cup too. He's not a speedster, but he dominates games. And I think that um, – 
maybe it's high time for the Raiders to find a wide receiver that can be that kind of a player for them. Uh, not just taking it long if you decide to go long, um, but just being a good all-around, sort of a dominating wide receiver, Sam. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and those those guys are hard to find, right? But if you take a look at, at free agency, there are a few intriguing names out there. And of course, the market is going to dictate their value and there's franchise tags and there are all these things. But Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, even a guy like Mike Williams with the Chargers, he's another deep threat. But I think he showed this past year uh, in 2021 that there's a little bit more to his game too and he's still only 27 and uh, now the Chargers have a, have a decision to make on him but he's a guy that in theory can give you more than just some deep speed he's got some size he can do some things in the red zone Juju Smith-Schuster another name that the Raiders were uh, connected to last year in the offseason floating around you know some rumors or whatnot I think he's he's still only 25 and his, he's been marginalized a little bit um, it's Pittsburgh as, as Big Ben had deteriorated. I think we saw less and less of what he can do. Let's not forget a few years ago, he was a 1,400-yard receiver playing along uh, opposite Antonio Brown. So there's there are some options um, there, and and you're right. This There there, there needs to be the, – the receiving core, has, there's there's options. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you'd expect Ryan Edwards to maybe take another leap forward and, and become more reliable as that number three receiver. But there's still kind of a void at that number one receiver. And that, that again, they're hard to find. They don't just grow on trees. That's why – uh, that's why that's so imperative the Raiders get one, and that's why you know they haven't had one. Um, but there are options. There are going to be options, and there are there are free agents they can court, and of course a lot of value in the draft um, with this wide receiver class as well. So uh, if you can add a big play, big play guy on the outside, that can also make some things happen in the red zone and go over the middle. That, then you're cooking. Do you do you think that they're going to get in the involved with any of those guys I just mentioned? Would you expect that? It's it's interesting because you know so much um, of, of what you do is is you, you kind of look to the Patriots because this is where most of their leadership is coming from. How do they do it? Um, and I think it's it was a little bit different when you have Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you don't necessarily have to go out and break the bank sometimes uh, on 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 wide receivers, but they 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 did go out and get a Randy Moss at one point. Um, they they spent pretty big um, uh, last year to uh, to uh, to get the uh, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, the Raiders wide receiver didn't quite work out, but they at least spent money, mm-hmm. uh, pretty decent money to go to go. So yeah, I think that they would. I think they have to. You know, um, we sat there. We were at the press conference. Um, you know, when 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 Mark Davis kind of uh, elbowed uh, Josh McDaniels about explosiveness. You know, I think there's obviously uh, orders from up top or a suggestion yeah. from up top that you know uh, that, that that this that this franchise wants explosiveness uh you know in the offense and a lot of times that means the deep ball and you know uh making easy long touchdown throws uh that can expedite the whole process of scoring points so yes i think that they will i think they have to uh the question becomes obviously who's out there that's really available um and you know if Devonte adams is taken off the uh the the table immediately by the green bay packers which it's they have the power to do that um, you know, who becomes that next focal point uh, for the Raiders. You mentioned Allen Robinson. You mentioned Chris Godwin. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's interesting about Allen Robinson. If you look at the statistics and if you look at the, um, you know, the grading and all that, um, you know, maybe he's not as as highly graded, especially uh, last year as a, uh, as a Chris Godwin. But, but then you have to wonder, okay, how much did the quarterback play have to do sure. with that? Yeah. You know, yeah. so – 
Um, I did to really take a, a, a deep dive into Allen Robinson to see and start projecting because, you know, unfortunately for him, he really hasn't had strong quarterback play, uh, you know, uh, right? Exactly. <laughs> How much does that play into it for you? I think it's huge. I mean, I think the, the fact he was able, you go back earlier in his career, 2015, he's a 1400 yard, 14 touchdown receiver playing with Blake Bortles. You know what I'm saying? And then the past few years in Chicago, uh, he, he had the injury. Al Robinson had the injury, comes back. And then he's playing with Mitch Trubisky and, and Justin Fields with a, under a coach, man, Matt Nagy, that's no longer there, that really quite, never quite got that offense where, where it needed to be. If you look at 2019, 2020, Vinny, 1,147 yards, seven touchdowns 2019. And in, in 2020, 1,250 yards on 102 receptions. So he's still only 28 years old, uh, doesn't turn 29 until August, and you would figure – Still has a few prime years left. He's 6'2", 220 pounds. What would he look like if he was playing with Derek Carr, playing under Josh McDaniels, playing in a situation where you have good quarterback play uh, and, and an offensive coordinator and, and head coach in Josh McDaniels that, that frankly, has a long track record of success and knows what he's doing? Or, or we would certainly believe that, right? I think you could see those statistic rise 1,100, 1,200 yards again. And, of course, he's a guy that can get deep. He's big, he's physical, he can make plays on the ball, and he's a, a reception machine too when he's healthy. So I think there's, I think he's going to have multiple suitors uh, because of his his skill set. But I think he's definitely a guy where if he's in the right situation with quality quarterback play, could go right back to being a thousand yard receiver and complement what the Raiders want to do with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Quick story: When I was uh, covering the Rams uh, in 2017, they signed Robert Woods. They threw some money at Robert Woods. He was playing in Buffalo, had been considered somewhat of a disappointment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in Buffalo. And a lot of Ram fans were kind of, "Why did they do this? That's wasted money. He's never been any good." Da, da 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 da. And I always thought, "Well, look at the quarterbacks he was playing with in Buffalo at the time, mm-hmm. you know." And I remember, in fact, one time he and I had a conversation. I go, "How many quarterbacks did you have?" So we just sat there, and he was counting them up. And I thought, I want to say it was six, or maybe even a little bit more, uh, you know. And and it, it ranged from this guy to that guy, and and names that you probably have never even heard of. And, you know, he didn't have to say it because he's such a class guy, but he's like looking at me going, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and, and all of a sudden he gets into a system in Los Angeles with, you know, at the time, uh, Jared Goff was, you know, going into his second year and everything took off from there for, for Robert Woods. He found a consistent quarterback. You know, it obviously uh, shifted from Goff to, to Matthew Stafford this year in a good system with McVay, but that stability at quarterback and just being able to develop some chemistry with one guy and that was it um, helped Robert Woods, who was always a good wide receiver. He was just in a bad situation in Buffalo uh, with the quarterback play and sometimes, you know, even just the scheme that they were running back there. Uh, so somebody like Allen Robinson, who has shown that he can do it, but I think there's more to him than we've seen these last For few sure. years because of especially with the long ball the ability to get to get deep and and to maybe extend that yards per carry or yards per reception um stat upwards but by the same token i think a guy like chris godwin would fit perfectly with the raiders too yeah you look at chris godwin but he's i mean he does everything underneath the field and he can get deep too it maybe not not necessarily be what it's known for but when tom brady 
<laughs> needed needed to go somewhere on third and six, third and seven. He, he would look Chris Godwin's way all the time because he was such a technician underneath and he was physical and could go make plays after the catch. So you look at, again, what the Raiders have. He's a guy that complements what you can do, has the ability to get down the field, but also has the ability. He's multifaceted. He has the ability to, 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 to tunnel screens, things like that, to make plays after the catch, to break tackles. You get the ball in his hands. You figure out a way to get him the ball in space. And uh, in the last three years, if you if you take a look at the numbers, what he was able to do, and of course, we have to remember he is coming off of a knee injury, but uh, 1,333 yards in 2019, he gets a little banged up in 2020, but still has 840 yards, and then was Tampa Bay's leading receiver with 1,100 yards on 98 receptions at the time of his knee injury um, through 14 games. So, And again, only 25 um, years old, doesn't turn 26 until the, this weekend. So a lot of upside with him, provided he gets healthy and gets right. His best, you would think his best football is still ahead of him. And, and ironically enough, like Allen Robinson, both byproducts of, uh, of Penn State in the Big Ten. So uh, we, we do produce wide receivers up there, too, Vinny, not just offensive linemen. So uh, a couple <laughs> couple intriguing options, I think, for the Raiders to, to, to definitely consider and look at. Yeah, uh, and I think that, you know, if you're looking at wide receiver, it, it really, for the Raiders um, at least, it really does have to kind of start there um, mm-hmm. for them. Uh, so, uh, with those names, I think that you have to shoot high, uh, the stakes are too high right now. The Raiders are a good football team. It's not like they're rebuilding or anything like that. They're, they're just trying to add to, uh, what is already a pretty solid foundation. So if you can get difference makers, I think that's got to be, you know, the priority, um, you know, and that, so then you look at the offensive line and there's some intriguing names, uh, obviously like guys like, uh, Teron Armstead is going to cost a lot of money. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about what he's going to be do, I like Morgan Moses, uh, sure. New York jets. Uh, I think he would fit in really, uh, really well. I don't think they need to get Dwayne Brown from the Seattle Seahawks. Um, uh, kind of a, uh, maybe an old, a little bit more experienced guy, but, but I, I, I think that there's, you don't have to necessarily break the bank, right. um, along the offensive line. Uh, because when you think about it, the Raiders were operating last year, especially on the right side at like it wasn't even average. It was far below average. So if you could just get the right side of the offensive line with the improvement of, uh, you know, of, of Alex Leatherwood and whatever replacement for whatever position he's not playing, if you could just get that to even average, just solid, it goes a long way, uh, you know, uh, along with, you know, Andre James, who is much improved. Sure. Uh, we'll see what they do at left guard. I would imagine that they're going to bring in some competition for John Simpson and a, and a really good left tackle in Colton Miller. So it's not like they have to – like I think wide receiver, throw big money at one of the difference makers. Offensive sure. line, solid. <laughs> you know, yeah, Don't yeah, have yeah. to throw the bank uh, at somebody. Just get somebody that you can – or somebody, uh, plural – that you can that you can just really rely on to give you a game in and game out solid uh, performance. Yeah, Vinny, and there's a lot of veterans, right? We don't have to go down down the entire list, but there's a lot of you see teams all the time kind of remake their offensive lines on the fly by just plugging in veterans that maybe just needed to change the scenery, maybe needed new coaching, uh, maybe maybe just you know, I mean, it's it's the trenches, it's off uh, it's offensive line, so you're a little bit of banged up that that can impact you a long way uh, throughout the course of the season as well. So there's tons of veteran options out there at guard um, and at tackle that, that that I'm sure the Raiders would explore, you know, in, in terms of veterans. And you bring a couple in and, and you kind of see what happens. Maybe they draft somebody in the mid rounds and you just create some competition and, and expect and hope that the new staff can continue to develop some of these younger players. I don't think there's there's really a, a necessarily a superstar 
um, offensive linemen on on the free agent market per se. Again, good options, good players, both veterans and young offensive linemen that are deserving of paydays and that will get paydays. But from the Raiders' perspective, not necessarily that somebody that you want to you know go all in on. We saw the Raiders try and do that a couple of years ago with Trent Brown, and it didn't necessarily work. We know what happened um, over the course of the last couple of years. So uh, I'm with you there. You can, that not not that you that not that you neglect it and, and don't emphasize it and, and figure you're going to piece it together per se. But you don't necessarily need one high ticket player um, to make a difference on that offensive line. It could come from two or three players, uh, whether they be veterans, whether they be young players, and and you let them compete when when training camp comes around. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, you look to the New England Patriots, how they've uh, done it over the years. They typically are able to, um, you know, find or, 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 or create good offensive lines. Sometimes it's with a bunch of guys that have played together for years. Otherwise, other, other times it's, it's on the fly from year to year. So they've shown that they know how to do it. And so I would expect that formula uh, to be um, a big part of what the Raiders do uh, this off season in terms of how they uh, uh, address an area that was probably their weakest uh, area last year, um, you know, uh, uh, when you talk about collectively, uh, it just never got where the Raiders wanted to. There are a variety of reasons why injuries, um, you know, trades that they made, uh, guys just not delivering the way they expected. So uh, there was a lot that went into it, but they cannot repeat it uh, again uh, next year. So uh, this week we kind of focused on on the offense. Uh, next week I'll be in uh, Indianapolis uh, sharing some thoughts uh, from the scouting combine, uh, and maybe we'll take a look at you know some defensive yep. uh, improvements. And also there will be other news that that comes about. And um, you know by at some point next next week we'll be able to talk to Josh McDaniels and hopefully Dave Ziegler and kind of get an idea. Of what of of what what where they stand right now. I know that you know this past month, Sam. They've been obviously putting together their staffs, but beyond that, I just drove by the facility yesterday. Uh, I know it was a Monday, but it was still you know President's Day, so kind of a holiday. But the but the uh, coaching and front office parking lot was packed yeah, uh, yeah. at nine thirty a.m. So uh, they they're busy in there. Uh, I'm sure taking a look at last year's tape and trying to figure out all right, what's the best way to to get this thing to the next level so uh, it kind of starts next week the real you know uh, at least them being able to eyeball some some players and some prospects in, in indianapolis and we're going to have all of it for you uh in the coming weeks starting with uh next week sam thanks so much uh appreciate it as always take care of yourself we'll talk to you next week uh shout out to larry muir our great producer uh, appreciate uh, everything that he always does uh, and a shout out, obviously, to our listeners and supporters. We can't do it without you. And we really appreciate uh, the support. You're why we do it. Until next week, have a great week. And we'll talk to you from Minneapolis next week. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.